Well, today's a special day at LifeSpring. I'm glad you're here, just experiencing that, experiencing, you know, <laughs> I know you're supposed to sound all theological, but I'm like, what was that, you know? Um, the reality is yesterday I was singing Jesus Loves Me by myself. My kids weren't even there. And I was wrestling with it, by the way. I wrestle with that. Like, are you sure you love me? Like, still do you love me? Even after I thought that thing, even after I did that, are you, you still love me? And so a song like that, just so powerful. It's just who he is. He loves us. He is perfect in all his ways. But today we're concluding this series, A Gift Worth Giving. Anyone else just love this series? I have so enjoyed being at church as we celebrate this gift. And the, the first week, if you remember, it was Jesus... Uh, He was born, and with that, we were given the gift of hope. Hallelujah. He brought light into the darkness. And then the next week, we talked about that he was the gift of God's presence. And we talked about him being Emmanuel, which means God with us. And then last week, it was the gift of reconciliation, which is, uh, I don't know, that was intense for me. Anyone else? Was that intense for you? It was intense for me. God, why do you keep on bugging me? It's because he loves me and he actually doesn't want me to stay the same. He wants me to be changed, to become more like his son. So he talks to us about things such as reconciliation. Okay, that's what you want, God. Have your way. (laughs) Well, today's a special day because this morning we are talking about a gift in Jesus. And this is the most amazing gift of all, I think. It's the gift of life. The gift of life. The gift of life. Right? I mean, I want you guys to think about that. What does that mean? I I was thinking about, you know, this week I knew I was going to be preaching on this. I'm like, what does it mean to have the gift of life? Anyone have a good answer? What does that mean to have the gift of life in Jesus? If you have a good answer, just shout it out so we can hear I love that. When we accepted the Lord, we got life and it moved into eternal life that is forever and ever. From this baby born in a manger, we were given life. Oh, man. Look at this. I love the way the church is decorated this time of year. It's beautiful. What do you got there? My wife said, hang up the lights. You think I can just stick a nail in the building and just like plug it in and go watch football? I'm saying that's the way it goes. <laughs> she didn't say how the lights. She just said, hang up Hang them up. That's, all she that's said. what I'm talking that's about. You're on. At least she'll blame you, not me. Exactly. I'm blaming you anyway. You hang them up. Yeah, we're pretty much covered, I think. <laughs> there you go. We got the manger. You know, I wonder, I wonder what it would have been born, be like to born, be born in a manger. Yeah. Kind of crazy. I wonder what ever happened to that baby Jesus anyway, huh? He, uh, he grew up. <laughs> what? Yeah. Wait, 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 wait. Are you telling me the same baby Jesus Christmas story, Jesus, born in the major Jesus, is the same adult Jesus, walk on water Jesus story, Jesus? Yeah. 
I never put those two concepts together. That's crazy. Whatever happened to that guy, huh? Uh, he, he went to the cross. That's the same guy? Yeah. That's the same. So you're telling me baby Jesus is the same as cross Jesus? Well, I mean, there was, there was some time in between there, right? You get it that he, he grew up, he taught us a lot of people, he lived a perfect life, died on a cross, and, well, he rose again, and he lives in our hearts. That's the same guy? <laughs> the guy in our hearts? The Jesus in our hearts? That's the same guy? That's... <laughs> I just, I never put those three guys together. One guy. Yeah, oh, oh, I'll tell you, here, this. Here's a crazy idea, Wayne. Here, think about this now. What if, instead of making Jesus this like once a year Christmas thing, isolated thing, what if we made it an everyday thing about the life of Jesus, the life in us, the salvation in our hearts and in our lives? What? High five. That's, that's the idea. That's the idea. Of you. <laughs> yes, it's the same guy. <laughs> oh, do you ever do that? Do you ever do that where you kind of separate the two? Right? I mean, that it's the same Jesus. And I, I just pray that this Christmas season we would be able to allow the Spirit to remind us that it is the same Jesus. I, I love the way that it's set up here on stage, actually. I've never seen it like this, but I, I really enjoy this because it, it really is this scene of life, right? It's this, one, it's a scene of love, for sure. But it's also a scene of life, and it's a life that you and I have been given as Christians, and it's a life because of who? The life of Jesus, but also the death of Jesus. So we celebrate that Jesus. I, I just encourage you that that's a gift. Um, I've been trying to earn it for a long time. <laughs> I, I think I'll always, there's a part of me in my nature uh, that I want to earn the gift of life. But can we just once again be reminded by the Holy Spirit that it is a gift, right? And what do you do with a gift? You receive the gift. So Lord, once again, I receive this gift. Listen to the way the Bible puts this gift. And this isn't just me making this up or that song kind of inventing things. This is the Word of God. Listen to what 1 John 5 tells us. It says, And the testimony is this, that God has given us, say it with me, eternal life. And this life is in who? In His Son. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son does not have life. I hope you caught that. If you don't have Jesus, you don't have life. If you have Jesus, then what? You have life. In uh, John eleven twenty five twenty six, Jesus, He declares this to Martha, the sister of Lazarus. Remember, this is what He says. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. Who says that? Jesus. Jesus. He's what? He's the resurrection and the life. He who believes in Me will live even if He dies, and everyone who lives and believes in Me will never die. 
I've read John 3:17 every week. I've, I've enjoyed reading that passage. It was crazy at the Clint Gresham night, which was just unbelievably awesome. Um, did you notice what he signed on all of his autographs? John 3:17. I want to read 16 as well. For God so loved the world that he gave. Again, there's the idea of gift. He gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. What a gift. And then this one, may this seek deep within us today. Romans 6:23. Let's say it together. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Eternal life. Pretty cool, isn't it? So I'd have the question, anyone want to receive this gift today? Is there anyone here that has yet to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, except the death on the cross as the payment for your sins, forgiving you, giving you eternal life? There's a good possibility if you're here this morning and you haven't done that yet, God might be calling you this morning to make this life-changing decision. If anyone wants to become a Christ follower, I'd encourage you just to raise your hand in front of everyone and I'm going to pray with you. Anyone like to commit their lives to Jesus today and have eternal life? All right. And if you have received the gift of eternal life, I want to encourage you. Wayne, that was beautiful what he did and with the ministry and the prayer. Because what's today? December. So how many days left of Christmas shopping do you have? You know, how many days do you have left to come up with the sayings or the, the phrases that you're going to say to that family member who's a jerk and you're just going to try to shallow your way through the encounter so you don't have a fight. Anyone preparing those arguments already? Like, oh, I'm just going to be nice. We're not, we're not going to talk, talk about Uncle Fred. We're just going to leave Uncle Fred out of the conversation. Right? There's a stress to it. There's a busyness to it. But I just encourage you, don't let the busyness and the stress steal the life from you. Church, no matter how hard it gets, remember that you have life. Someone was saying, oh, my brother Doug was saying that on Facebook last night about just keep it going, keep going. That's one of my favorite things that he does is he just encourages me to keep going. You've got life. Keep going. The Holy Spirit wants to remind you this morning, every one of us in this room, he is speaking, isn't he? You can just feel it. He's speaking his love, but he's speaking Jesus over us. And I just encourage you, celebrate Christmas. Celebrate and go for it. Like I've talked about my lights. I've talked about my decorations. I even got this little village uh, that I set up on the piano, which the piano tuner didn't think that was a good idea, but whatever, piano tuner, I'm setting the village on the piano. But I just want to encourage you to celebrate Christmas. But if you're going to celebrate Christmas, celebrate Jesus. And if you're going to celebrate Jesus, then celebrate what? His death. And if you're going to celebrate His death, then celebrate His resurrection. If you're going to celebrate His resurrection, then celebrate His ascension into heaven. If you're going to celebrate His ascension into heaven, then celebrate the fact that He gave us another counselor, the Holy Spirit, to be with us and to lead us and to guide us. Celebrate Jesus. Now, we say that Jesus has given us life, and I kind of asked this question earlier, but what does that mean? I was wrestling with that this week. Because before Jesus, I mean, you still woke up, right? You still went to bed. 
You still ate Chick-fil-A. You still did the things that people do. Oh, man, I love Chick-fil-A. That was so good. <laughs> I mean, and you do other things, too, like work and stuff. But, and eat Chick-fil-A. But he came and he, and he gave you real life. And, and it was real. It was eternal. And things began to change. I was watching a video. Anyone know who Bubba Watson is? A PGA golf tour guy. He's a Christian. And he's not perfect. In fact, he got voted the guy. This is hilarious. The secret survey in the PGA tour. He got voted the guy that if another PGA player saw him getting beat up, they wouldn't help him out. And he was number one on the list because he's kind of a loud, outspoken guy. But I watched a video of him and the lady on CNN says, so you're a born again Christian. And he says, yep, he goes, back in 2000, he knew the date. He goes, I was in college, a girl invited me to church while I was in college, and I started coming, and I gave my life to Christ, and, and now I'm growing, and I'm reading the Bible, and reading the Word. Isn't that beautiful? That's what happened to us, isn't it? I love that. And today I've asked four members of our church to come and share with us what this gift means to them, and how it's changed them, and, and I don't even know what they're going to say. Um, I didn't vet them, so to speak. Um, I didn't make them give me a rough draft. So we're just going to let it flow. But would you please welcome to the stage Kelly, Sean, Laura, and Cameron. Thanks, you guys. Man, you guys look so good. Thanks. We got you the wood ones because they're not that uncomfortable, so you won't speak that long. It'll make you want to... Just keep going. <laughs> um, okay, so um, what does the gift of life mean to me? So I, um, I grew up in church, um, you know, kind of the Sunday morning, you know, I did all the youth group things, I did all the mission trips, I did all the camps and everything like that, and like a lot of graduates, I rebelled when I got out of youth group and uh, did my own thing and made a lot of mistakes, made a, went down a, a dark path, and um because of all the things that that I mistakes that I made and the things that I went through, I was living a life full of shame and guilt and depression and um, suicidal thoughts and just very dark, very heavy, very um, even even though I had come out of the life that I was in and I had come back to Christ, there was still this thought of, I don't deserve this. I don't, I don't deserve your grace. Like, I was still trying to make up for all the mistakes that I'd made, and I was still trying to earn it. And, you know, people talk about this still small voice. I don't get a still small voice. Um, and I don't know if that's because I don't listen to a still small voice, but uh, there was there's two conversations that I remember very vividly that, that where God spoke out loud to me. And uh, one of them was when I came out of my drug dealing days. And he was just like, are you done? Can we move on from this? Are you done with this? 
And and I was like, oh, yeah, I'm done. Okay. And the second conversation was when I was apologizing to God for the millionth time of all the stuff that I've done. And he was just like, I don't even know what you're talking about because I forgave and forgot this the first time that you apologized to me. And I have other things for you to do. So if we can just move on from this and be done with this, that would be great. And it took a long time. And I think sometimes as as Christians, you know, we go through this. We it, It's almost like a selfish thing where we're worried about our salvation and our mistakes and the things that we need to apologize for. And we get sucked into that life. You know, worrying about our shame and, and our, and it's I, 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 I. And Satan wants you to worry about that because if you're worrying about that and you're focused on you, then you're not focused on what God has planned for you. And the life that I have now, since God has finally got it through my thick skull that grace is a gift and I don't have to do anything for it is I it's easy like that's really I I didn't want to come up here and say that life with God is easy because I feel like that might be false advertising but (laughs) but I don't have shame I don't have guilt I don't worry about money I don't I don't worry about you know, where rent is going to come from. And I don't worry about this. And I, I don't, I don't worry about that. I, I am more exhausted than I've ever been in my life. I'm busier than I've ever been in my life, but my life has purpose now. I, I spend um, most of my free time with high school students. So maybe I'm slightly crazy. Um, (laughs) but so are you and so are you. Um, (laughs) and you know, I, there's just, there's a, there's a freeness, there's a joy, there's a, you know, life is fun. You know, even when it's difficult, it's fun and, and it's all, you know, it's from Jesus. So, yeah. Was that five minutes? I got a verse. That's why I brought my phone up here. When I was when I was thinking about this a few days ago, um, I God told me to check my my Bible app verse of the day, and it just happened to be uh, Psalms one nineteen verse ten. And with all my heart, I have sought you. Do not let me wander from your commandments. And that pretty much sums up my life now. So, yay! I've been told I talk too much, so I'm going to try to keep my jaw wagging to a minimum. Um, most of you guys know that um, most of you, well, most of the people in here have seen a lot of, have watched me during my transition. Um, what is the gift of life? It, I first recognized it when I did stand up to get baptized and when I got down on my knees to pray and you guys surrounded me and prayed for me. 
And the thing is, is before then, you know, I keep saying I was angry, but the thing that I was angry about is, is my question has always been, where's the practical application of God? I'm a Christian, now what? I believe, where is God? For all the people I love, for my life. And the thing is, is that after after my baptism, after I saw Jesus, I was so full, and I got to pray for so many people. And God, you know, I was so excited because it seemed like, oh, God was blessing me. But the thing was, is like, you know, he increased my business. I was so busy. I was overwhelmed. Um, but it allowed me to work at kids' camps. It allowed me to, you know, go to Georgia and take the, the bus so we could ship it to Ghana. And I, it allowed me to serve. But the thing is, though, is, is it's, I'm realizing more and more that it has nothing to do with the daily life. Yes, that's good, but that every moment is God's. And for me, those moments, those moments I used to be so angry. I used to say some things I won't repeat here to God. But, like, I am no longer in conflict with Jesus. The life that he gave me, I am, and I mean God. I mean, I, I, I hated God. I loved him for the salvation, but I straight up hated God because of all the pain I see, everything that he allowed, all the hardship. And it's like, I don't have that problem anymore and it's not that he's answered all my questions he's answered some but it's just that he's allowed me to move forward and so what is the practical application of god i mean kelly said it it's the things i no longer worry about recently business has dropped off and i haven't been this poor and i don't know how long um, my relationships the people i used to i said that i was so angry on behalf of like my parents and other family members um, my father was just diagnosed with prostate cancer, and we thought it was going to go into his bones. And I was so broken down. And since then, we found out, you know, it's not in the bones, but it's still, you know, it still exists. And it's like all the conflict, all the hatred I had towards God. Why would you do this to people who have devoted their lives to serving you? It's, it's no longer that. And so as he moves me forward, it's like I look around and I say, I want to see Jesus. And I see it. Here, I love this church, not because you guys are so much better than any other church, but because I see Jesus in you guys. You guys stepped up for me, and now I am so full of love for the kids. And I'm telling you, like, the college age, junior high, I see Jesus, all the high school students, I see Jesus in you, and I'm so inspired, and I'm so lit up. I'm crazy. <laughs> so I could go on. Like, I seriously, I could, I could go on. But the point is, is that I love the kids, I love you guys, and I don't have a choice, not because I was told to, but because it's just, it still overwhelms me through the hardest things. That's exactly it. So bring in your high school kids. Bring in your junior high, all the college age. Bring them in because I want to tell them about Jesus. I want them to know him the way I do. Ditto? I can't say that, no. Oh, that's the truth. We we totally wanted to come up here and try hard not to bring it back to the students, but we always bring it back to the students because that's where we see the most life uh, beyond just our own lives. Um, so I had two examples um, of what life in Jesus is like for me. It's it's uh, the, the first one is, you know how you wake up and it's a cloudy day outside, but it's just as cloudy inside as it is outside. Has anybody ever experienced that? Okay. Good. Okay. And then there's day two where it's so hot outside and so humid 
that it's miserable outside, but it's just as miserable inside. Anybody else? Anybody else? Okay. Maybe you guys should visit Arizona during monsoon season. Um, but that's what life is like without Jesus for me. Like, it's it's just as miserable outside as it is inside. And then all of a sudden, you know, I accept Jesus into my life, and then on that hot, humid, excruciatingly gross day, this cool breeze just comes from out of nowhere. And it's the most refreshing thing that I've ever experienced. On that rainy, cloudy day, it's the sun finally breaking through the clouds and finally bringing peace and joy and just this overwhelming, like, there it is. Um, you know, one of, my, one of my favorite things I used to say, and I, I still say it from time to time, but I think people are just tired of hearing me say it. Um, I used to ask people how they were in the morning, you know, at work or something like that. And they'd just be like, eh, I'm okay. And I'd always be like, cheer up, the sun is shining somewhere. And and they would just look at me and they'd just be like, shh, be quiet. I don't want to hear your cheery joyfulness at 3 in the morning. Um, and that's fine, that's fine. But the sun is shining somewhere, whether you like it or not. <laughs> she knows, he knows, they know. Um but even more as I thought about this, I just I just went to the to the word and, and I love this. In Colossians three, it's verse one through three. Um, Since then you've been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on thing above on the things above, and not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. And then verse four is the one that always hits me the most. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. And even though that's talking about, you know, when Jesus comes back and whatnot, that that we are going to reappear with him, like it means so much more in the physical and just like just like Sean was saying in the practical, what's the practical of that? Is that when Christ appears in my life, then I get to be who I really am. I don't get to be just this shell that is manipulated by what you think of me or by what my boss thinks of me or by what my family thinks of me. You know, Dan nailed it on the head. I'm totally that person who's preparing those remarks to the family member that I know is going to be condescending and mean. And yet, as soon as he said that, I was like, wow, he's totally right. And yet, because of Jesus... I can still love that person even though I know they're going to cut me down. They're going to tear me apart. And then I can just look at them and be like, you know what? It's Jesus in me. I don't have to be something that I'm not. I can still love that person. I can still be Jesus to that person even when they're being the devil to me. (laughs) And that's what we teach your students. When uh, Dan asked me to share, I was so excited because what is more amazing than to share what Jesus has done in your life? And so I also grew up in the church my whole life. One of my very first memories is being on the platform during the nativity play. Um, I must have been about four or five. I remember um, I was a shepherd and I was a little bitter because I felt I was called to be Mary. And um, they did not allow me to live out my calling. So it was very disappointing. But I have been in the church my whole life. Um, church Sunday, 
Sunday night church, Wednesday night meeting um, as I got older, um, youth group on Sunday nights. And I got a great foundation in the word in church through my whole life. But how many of you know that there's a difference between knowing things up here and knowing things in here? And I had never, ever heard or had been taught about relationship with Jesus. I knew when to stand up in church and when to sit down and when to sing the hymn. And, and I knew all of that. And I knew the verses and I was excellent at Bible trivia. Um, it was awesome. But I didn't know relationship with Jesus. So I had this hole that I was trying to fill. And when you have this hole, quite often you go down paths trying to fill this hole that aren't the good path. And I also suffered, as I hit junior high and high school, I suffered from a very, very low self-esteem. So if you combine that with this gaping hole in your life, it just leads you to this path of wanting the approval of others. And so my senior year of high school, I became pregnant. I was 17 years old, and my life radically changed because no longer could I be a high school student at 17. I had to be a mom. And so in the church, there were people that were very, very kind. But there were also people that felt the need to remind me that I was a disappointment, that I was a sinner, and I really didn't have a place in the church anymore. So you couple that again with having a low self-esteem, and that chasm just grew wider. So I graduated from high school and went into college, still searching, and I thought I found that thing I was looking for. And I met this young man, and he was a pillar in his church. His family had been in his church for generations. He served on the church board. And I thought, I finally found what I'm missing, this relationship with this Christian man. I'll have a Christian relationship. I'll have a family. And this is what I've been missing. And it led me down this road of a very emotionally and physically abusive relationship to the point where I nearly, quite literally, lost my life on several occasions. So I was in this very, very dark place. And when you already suffer from a low self-esteem and you have someone that's supposed to love you telling you you're a worthless human being, you believe it. And when that person tells you the punishment you're receiving, you deserve it, you believe it. So no one knew. I told no one of the abuse that I was suffering because I couldn't have anyone find out what a horrible mother I was, what a horrible wife I was, and what a horrible Christian I was. I couldn't let anyone know. So for five years, I remained silent. And even in that really dark, dark place, Jesus was still there. Like I said, I nearly quite literally lost my life on several occasions. And the only reason I am sitting here before you today is because Jesus was there. And so after five years and the sequence of events occurred that can only be explained by the hand of God, I was delivered from that relationship. And again, it was it was totally by God's hand. And during this time, um, during this relationship, the one thing that my husband at the time allowed me to do was participate in the play Jesus of Nazareth. Some of you might be familiar with that production. It was up on South Hill, the um, amphitheater. Um, I got to play Mary. It all came, right? God still hears the calling of a five-year-old. I got to play Mary during this time. 
And during that production was the first time I had ever been exposed to people that had relationship with Jesus. People were, during prayer, they were raising their hands, and they were speaking in tongues, and they were laughing, and they were dancing. I'm like, what is this? It is just nothing I had ever experienced in my life. And so after I had gotten out of the abusive relationship and I was still involved in the production, um, it was shortly after, and I was sitting in a cast meeting, and one of the cast members came up to me. And she sat down next to me and she said, Laura, this is going to sound crazy, but I really feel like God is telling me to tell you something. And I'm like, sure. And she looked at me and she took my hand. And she said, Laura... You are not worthless. You are worthy. You are a daughter of the king, and he wants relationship with you. And I was wrecked. And the Holy Spirit came down in that moment, and I felt Jesus in a way that I had never, ever felt in my whole entire life. So when you ask me, how did Jesus save you? He saved me in every way possible. He saved my life physically. He saved me emotionally. He restored what the enemy had tried to strip away from my life. He provided me an amazing godly husband. My husband Dave and I will be married 20 years in April. (laughs) And he brought that to show me this is what marriage is about. So I just sit here humbly and thankfully blessed that God and Jesus have truly, truly saved me. Oh, man. Can we just give it up for these four people? Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. Isn't that good? That's so good. Awesome. John 10.10. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come... That they may have what? Life. And have it to the full. I love what you guys shared. I, I just... Right? I mean, it's, it's what Jesus brings. And it's what only Jesus can bring. The difference that He makes. But let's get personal. Let's take it to ourselves this morning. Jesus came so that you may have life. Not just them. <laughs> Right? We always think it's for the person to our left or to our right. But He came so that you might have life and you might have it to the full. Do you have life? Do you have the life that only Jesus can give? Have you received the eternal life that is found in Jesus? I just want to share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ for just a moment. To receive eternal life, you have to believe in what Jesus did for us. That He came down as that baby boy to rescue us to restore our relationship with the Father. But you have to believe that Jesus was born from a virgin, lived, <laughs> and He died. He died without sin. He, he died a painful death, but He died for the glory of God, for His Father, and He died for, guess what? You. He died for you. And with His death, He paid the penalty for all of your sins. Someone mentioned, mentioned it, but He doesn't just cover our sins. He removes them. And the penalty that he paid sent him to a tomb. If you remember that, he died. He was in a tomb. How, how many days was he in the tomb? Three days. Then the tomb, the stone was rolled away. 
And we saw that Jesus rose from the dead. He raised to new life. And we believe as Christians, I don't think it's going to be like the movie Left Behind. Um, though if Nicholas Cage... Anyways. But... <laughs> you can watch it on Netflix. It's not that great. But... One day, this Jesus that did this and this and this. Did you know he's coming back? He's coming back. He's the soon and coming king. And so when you receive eternal life, you accept all of him. Right? You don't just accept the baby. You don't just accept the cross. You don't just accept. You accept all of him, who he is. When you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you have the privilege of experiencing a new, full, and deep, personal, intimate relationship with the Creator of the universe, God Almighty. It should blow your minds this morning. And it goes on forever, like you mentioned. Anyone want to receive that gift this morning? I want to ask again. That's right, I'm asking twice today. But He's a good, good Father. He loves you. He's for you. He's not against you. He loves you so much. Anyone want to receive the gift of new life in Jesus? Absolutely, Michael. Amen, brother. Anybody else? Anybody else? Amen. Well, Michael, we want to pray with you. Michael, it's a pretty cool thing to accept Jesus. Jesus loves you. The thing about Jesus is that life gets kind of hard sometimes and kind of things that kind of hurt our hearts. But the nice thing is Jesus never hurts our hearts. He, he loves us. He, he, he walks with us. He speaks to us. and He's with us. The nice thing is I've, I've felt alone a lot in my life. But once Jesus came into my life, I didn't have to feel alone anymore. Because Jesus walked with me. And Michael, Jesus wants to walk with you every day of your life. Do you want to receive Him as your Lord and Savior today? Alright, well we're going to pray. You just need to repeat after me, okay? It's really cool. It's fun. We're all going to freak out and celebrate. So just say, Dear Jesus. Dear Jesus. I love you. Love Let's go say it with him. I love you. I love you. I thank you for what you did. I thank you for what you did. On that cross. On that cross. You saved me from my sins. You saved me from my sins. And gave me eternal life. And gave me eternal life. I turn to you today. I turn to you today. I live for you today. I live for you today. And forever. And forever. Thank you, Jesus, for your grace. Thank you, Jesus, for your grace. Your love. Your love. And your life. And your life. I now live. I now live. My life. My life. For you. For you. Amen. Amen. The angels are rejoicing, brother. Hot ten. Come on. Woo! Yeah, yo! Amen. Thank you, brother. Amen. That's good, church. That's so good. Michael, you're my brother. <laughs> I might be your pastor, but I'm also your brother. We're going to be hanging out for a long time. Praise the Lord. Well, that's so good. He came to bring us life. You know, with Christmas.